0: Welcome, beautiful being, to the Gaia Goddess Podcast. I am your host and founder, Maria Marshall. Each episode, we explore the transformational journey of women entrepreneurs, healers, and experts as they share their insightful stories and wisdom with a world of modern-day goddesses. Check out our community and free online content at GaiaGoddessLifestyle.com. Hello, and welcome to Earth to Gaia. I am your host, Maria Marshall, and today I'd like to welcome a new friend, Madeline Thompson. Madeline is a holistic therapist for both individuals and for families, and I'm very interested in this whole subject of therapy and how Madeline does hers um, in conjunction with her deep connection to nature and truth, and faith. Um, So firstly, welcome, Madeline. Thank you for coming today.
1: Oh, thank you, Maria. How wonderful the way you've been inspired by your connection. It's an honor to be part of it. Thank you.
0: Oh, it's an honor to have you. Um, I just want to first delve in a little bit about holistic therapy, because I think of many, many people have been in therapy, um, behavioral therapy, and can spend years and years and even decades and mm-hmm. kind of spin their wheels in the same stories. So, where does the holistic come in to work in conjunction to help assist growth, release, awareness, and moving beyond the stories?
1: Yeah, great question. I have so many uh, places to start on that. So, this may be a longer answer. I would say, first and foremost, there is a way that people need to be heard. You know, sometimes being heard by somebody who's completely non judgmental and accepting and clear is really helpful for you to hear yourself. So, I, as a person, listen. And I listen to try to understand what they're really telling me. Right, And so what I believe the trick of therapy is, is telling the story like it happened for you and not letting yourself reside in any of the lower triangulating places like hero, victim, or persecutor. Mm -hmm. Even with the us and them story that we all like to tell about the man or the Babylon or blah, 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 like something's out to get us. I believe the conflicts always reside within and that it always starts within your tree, within your person. You know, so... For me, therapy, when I meet it holistically, we jokingly say, and people who refer to me say, only go see Maddie if you want the truth, because <laughs> she's not going to sugarcoat it for you. Mm-hmm. So I'll bring that truth of my honest reflection to the energy that they're putting into the way they tell the story. The way it feels for me when somebody first speaks to me is they're painting me the story the way they want me to see the story. Mm-hmm. And then I ask questions to understand the bigger story. And then I always go to, well, how did it happen for you? And how do you trust that this is something that was part of what makes you you? So is that
0: like a reframing? Listening Um, and
1: reframing often. This was painful, but can
0: you see where it was useful? Mm -hmm. Um, That was very interesting. I I once had a, a reading where the guides came in and said, as long as she understands that things don't happen to her, they happen for her. And then all of a sudden, I was really able to reframe a lot of trauma and a lot of really painful experiences, and say, "Wow, well, look what I did with them."
1: Okay, creativity. Yeah, the the there's
0: empowerment in that great strength
1: and empowerment
0: mm-hmm. when you
1: can reframe any story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember my dad died in 2018, and I definitely just never wanted him to go away. Like he was one of my favorite people ever, you know. And uh, I think it was the Halloween afterwards, and somebody said, you know, if you light a candle and put up his picture, you know, he might come and talk to you. And I was like, oh, golly, you know, I'm going to write a picture and, you know, I'm going to light a candle. Mm -hmm. And so I set it all up, and nobody was home. And the experience, whether in my imagination or otherwise, there's my dad's voice speaking to me, and he says, are you ready? I said, okay, ready for what? Madeline, you were never abandoned. There's no such thing as abandoned. I was always there the way I could be there, and I'm there now. Mm -hmm. We're all connected Be careful, because I think you made your whole personality around this idea of being abandoned. So let it go, honey.
0: Wow. I can really relate to that one. And
1: I was like, what? I was like, um, yes. So right there, right, my story was helping me grow, but the imprint that I was holding on to might have been one that I wasn't worthy or inadequate. Like my human design says, I have that part of me that tries to be she's inadequate when she's really meant to be a light. But him going away as I was a girl and things like that, like it played out in my brain. And I created ideas and stories. Yeah. So the story is under our pen. It's under our voice. Like we're casting the spell. Right. So it's so important how we speak it.
0: Right. And, and you know, those um, those belief systems, whether my father died when I was seven and and I processed that as a form of abandonment mm-hmm. and, you know, betrayal, stories of betrayal and whatnot, um, but, you know, um, we have everything we need within us, don't we? And, you know, aban- you can abandon yourself, really, at the end
1: of the well, day. running that's after the do. idea of saving yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like here we all spend so much time running after the idea of what we think we need to be to show our value or our mm-hmm. worthiness, but being fully present, as we are in this moment, that's the most I can bring to anyone.
0: Yeah, so how, how does that, well, what is that? And I guess it depends on, um, you know, different patients and different stories, but uh, how resistant do you find people are in letting go of their stories? Because in a great part, it's how they identify themselves through their pain, through their abandonment issues, you know, and, and to have to look at it, feel it. Mm-hmm. And let it go. there do you encounter
1: resistance? Yeah, I have a really good sense of humor. We have a lot of fun with those parts. We like to joke about it. like not until rapport comes in, but you know, there's a way that the energy getting pushed out is how we get through the day. Do you know? So when somebody comes and pushes out all their bad feelings onto what everyone else is doing, it feels like a temporary relief. But it's really not satisfying the itch. Do you know what I mean? So, I use humor a lot. I use storytelling and reflection. I use, you know, reframing, like you said. I use motivational interviewing to like slowly chip away at it because I honor that it's a real thing that you really believe. And sometimes I don't give, as they say, the truth talk for weeks, you know, because they really need me to know that I really understand. And when I speak it back, I know what they're telling me. Like, I'm not suggesting they're silly for feeling that way. But I'm saying, are you sure there's not a better way to look Mm -hmm. at this? So you use questions. Are you sure you're not, like, holding Mm -hmm. on to it as some kind of, like, you know, Mm cop-out? Do you know? Because I found that for me, and then I might drop in a story of how that was. So I even the game board a lot in therapy. I Mm -hmm. would say, besides feminist theory and using, like, where you are and who you are, it's very much relational therapy for me. So I'm a sacred place to have a good relationship with yourself and somebody who has no agenda for you.
0: Yes. And so the reframing is oftentimes just examining, questioning, um, and, and these tools that you use, these games you use. Like What, what would that actually... I come in,
1: uh-huh.
0: I am convinced that every person that meant anything to me in this lifetime has abandoned me. They Uh didn't show up for me emotionally. My mother, my father died. My boyfriends cheated on me.
1: Everybody always left me. That's my belief system. Mm -hmm. So I might say what you said back, like, oh, whoa. So like you really felt like everybody left you and you had to be here all by yourself, huh? Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) and And then it'd be like, so what do you think? you came here to learn that that's the experience that you had. Like, what do you figure is yours to come through? Because, yeah, I mean, we all grow through stuff. And I wonder, you know, how much of it is exactly the way you dream it. But what do you think it is you might have been here to learn? Or what have you learned having that experience? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would go at it like that. Because once we feel defeated, it's hard to feel creative. Mm Mm-hmm. So I try to inspire the creativity again and how to bring back that part because that disowned part, that little girl, you know, I do family system stuff. So in the family system, the way I play with it, and forgive me, you know, the man who made it bow and I, I honor you for everything you've done, but I've just been using it the way it makes sense to me. But the way I use it is you think of it as your inner child, your inner adolescence, your mother and your crone. And for us, we'll say it like women because it's the guy who got us. So... You want to be able to have all of those things in relationship, right? So the little girl needs to be able to speak clearly to the parent. The adolescent needs to speak clearly to the child. Like There has to be a conversation within yourself mm-hmm. of any parts that were disowned.
0: Because yeah. those
1: disowned parts wreak havoc because they want to be part of the wholeness of your grace. Integration. So it's yes. always about integration yes. and creative ways to integrate.
0: And how? tell me a little bit about the rites of passage, is that part of an integration or is that outside of the therapy that you're doing?
1: Oh, no, it always becomes part of it because it's always obvious that there's some aspect of them that needs attention and the rite of passage serves that, right? Like I remember for myself receiving my communion, Mm -hmm. right, and wearing the white dress and my hands and this and that. In my head, I was marrying God. Because that's what the nuns told me at the time. (laughs) So I was like, oh, golly, I'm marrying God. You know, I better make sure I'm really perfect. And so much of what was happening in the church at that time was that show me and I'm not worthy. I'm sorry that I'm bad. Please forgive me for being human. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. So there I was like really taking on this idea that I had to be perfect because I was marrying God. You know, so those types of things, they really mark what you are and why you move the way you move so in listening to people it becomes pretty quick for me to notice where they're not connecting like what part of them doesn't really get airtime, you know where they're not really speaking to something so i might kind of go into there with some questions and then the rites of passage like here's a perfect example There was a young art student who was about to become an art therapist. And she was just like ready to fly, you know, masters, but she could not get over not being perfect. And she couldn't do her art without it being perfect. Mm -hmm. So it was attached to this critical mother thing, this critical energy that she embodied as a girl and this and that. So we did a mosaic together. And it wasn't perfect, and she and I worked together and did it for many days, and it became a rite of passage for her to find beauty and love something even though it wasn't perfect. So it ends up reclaiming that part of her who can play more freely through an experience. Mm -hmm. Do you know? So the rites of passage to me is like ways to help you accept what you are next. Mm -hmm. Now, there's definitely ages 7 and 13 and 26, like we have big changes in us, and they call for recollection, you know, of knowing who you are now. I have so many young people in my life in their late 20s right now creating different ways to kind of show up and feel seen because they're coming of age in a way, Do you know, like they've individuated enough that they're standing in their own spot and they want to show the world what they got. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of like supporting those young people as well. Right.
0: But it seems to me that most people walk through life not even knowing and acknowledging that they are going through a right rites on. of passage. We were talking earlier and you said becoming a mother is one. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's something we just take for granted. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I always wanted kids. I have kids now. I'm a mom now. But it, it's, it, I never thought to stop and acknowledge that as a rite of passage. And um, I'm sure there's so many more examples. Can, mm-hmm. you, can you offer up some others oh, where yeah. people really could take stock and they don't, and it would support them in being more integrated? Yeah. I would whole. say the
1: biggest thing that I find with rites of passage is when you're becoming one thing, you have to grieve the thing you're leaving. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're so busy running to the next thing that we forget that we're saying goodbye. Like, I'll never forget this little boy. He was turning six like the next week. And I was like, so how are you feeling? He goes, I'm all right. And I said, well, you, you seem a little worried. Well, I really liked five. I'm really going to miss five. I've been grieving it. Wow. And I said, whoa. <sighs> I said, that's something. Thank you. That's a, that's a really great thing to remember. Yeah. You know, so I do tracking motherhood through the seasons at Growing With the Seasons mm-hmm. where I do therapy. And we've had several groups this year. And the first group we had was almost all new mothers. It was so wonderful to be a mother of 37 years, talking to them about... What happens? You know, the importance of keeping yourself sacred, the importance of boundaries, watching projection, seeing what's happening, like looking at it as like everything's different now and you're going to be touched and seen and more vulnerable than you've ever been in your life and you're going to feel like you're never the same and you aren't ever the same. So let's, we even had a whole group about who was the maiden before the mother. Tell us her story. What is she bringing to motherhood? And then I've offered many and been in several blessing ways where before someone becomes a mother, instead of just getting lots of gifts, you literally sit and speak and have circle and are honored from other mothers and come to understand, like, what it is that's happening. We rub each other and, like, give massages. I know it sounds a little hippy-dippy, but I'm telling you, when I was in the hospital for the twins, I very much a rite of passage. Eight weeks in a hospital bed with my water leaking from one twin. Was full-on running an adolescent rehab, hiking with the kids, superhero mom, teenage boys. She's down. She's in the hospital for eight weeks. I found my depression. I found my hurt. I found my pain. I made rugs. I sewed stuff like I did whatever I could (laughs) from that bed. Do you know what I mean? I started a book on the whole floor hearing stories from the other woman, the surrender trip, right? But what I really found when I went through that rite of passage with the twins is that I was preparing to be a mother in a new way. And all my sisters came to the hospital and created a blessing way. Rubbing my feet, combing my hair, singing songs, and the love I felt was so restoring to my ability to know that oh, whatever happens, I'm gonna be all right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not in this alone. We're yes. all doing this. Yes. Do you know?
0: And I, I wonder, you know, I, I experienced as I've been transmuting a lot of my shadow and like almost like a rebirthing type process, there was a, I was kind of, um, Taken back by an enormous amount of grief that came up as I let go of the shadow aspects. Mm -hmm. The the things that I have known myself as that had limited me, that had, you know, held my vibration down or things that needed to be let go of that I was ready to release. Mm -hmm. But I was so excited to release them and yet blindsided by this overwhelming grief. Mm. Like I was, you know... Sitting Shiva for them for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 we don't expect that either. We don't Mm -hmm. expect the grief that comes along with letting parts of ourselves go, even those parts that no longer serve.
1: Mm -hmm. And grief's so rich, right? It's like the river. It's like when the water runs so full when we're in grief. Like it cleans up debris we didn't even know was there. Like it pulls up stories we thought were done. Like grief is so restorative, you know, just like when you really praise and love something or you really grieve something, it stirs your inners. Do you know? So I don't think we really like grief, but the thing is we're gonna have to grieve a whole bunch of the garbage that we've been living with each other in regards to the way we treat each other, like we're separate and think that that person's not just like you, you know, mm-hmm. we're coming into a whole new, Paradigm, yes. Where we're the rites of passage that's happening is a collective rites of passage from the me to the we, yeah. And that's in consciousness. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of grief about the times that we <sighs> couldn't, you know, do it right, or we made a pack with someone else over here and put those ones down to feel better, right. or any or of the ways, or bought into the collective fear or into and, the game and, and didn't show up present for the yes. people around us because we yeah. were so worried about something else. Yeah. So, I mean, there'll be some grieving and some movement Mm -hmm. from those places, I would
0: imagine. I I can imagine, too. Um, And some of what you talk about sounds, you know, very much connected to nature and even shamanism. Have you had any experiences with working with shamanistic practices or integrating that into rites of passage? Have you done any journeys yourself in those realms?
1: Oh, golly, a whole bunch of things. I would say that um, if I am a shaman, which I don't know that I prescribe to any type of title of such, um, it would be that of truth, and I can use my voice. I have a very powerful voice tool, and when I sing and pray over people or I do energy work with them and they feel the safety they feel in my space, they are able to create some relief for themselves. Beautiful. You know yes. so I can create a space for people to find their grace. Mm-hmm. By no means am I anyone's healer. I'm only here to restore my own connection and live in the highest vibration, but if I can inspire that in someone else, I'll do it. Yeah, so you sing? I do sing. Beautiful.
0: I do too. I was um I was recently sitting with ayahuasca and this beautiful South African female shaman would sing um And as soon as she was singing, all the women would start to feel energies in their hearts and in their wombs. And it was such a strong and powerful force Mm -hmm. to just connect to each other, Mm -hmm. to the oneness that we all shared, and the heart space and in the womb space. So that's beautiful. Yeah, Um, we'd all
1: need to do more singing and dancing. uh, I think it's the best thing that could happen.
0: and i think um we spoke a little bit earlier and you mentioned um well i had asked for some pearls of wisdom and i know you mentioned three things you mentioned faith you mentioned nature and you said allow yourself to be part of the forest hmm
1: that sounds like me <laughs> <laughs> so um your, your faith is that it's happening for you, and that the, the joke I say is the universe is a troll that wants us whole, and it's doing everything <laughs> it can to support that. So the faith is that everything we need comes to us when we can mm-hmm. stay in the frequency to receive it, right? And then the forest piece about nature is, I'll just tell what really happened. Once um, I became a parent, for the second time, because the first time I became a parent in high school, I was a, a birth parent. I had a child that I kept for a year, and then I placed him with another family. So becoming a mother again kicked my butt, and I had no idea that I was going to replay all those sensations again out while having my second and third child. I had no idea that was coming. So postpartum took me down really hard after the second one, and then I started to dream about trees all the time. I was like, oh my gosh. I was so scared to tell my husband. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do if I tell him I'm talking to trees when I'm sleeping? Like, this is crazy, you know? Oh no. And then I hadn't even gone to college yet. I didn't even know about women's studies. I didn't even know about Gaia. I was like 26, seven years old, you know, with two kids. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know, what am I going to do? So I started to bring tree branches home. I started to go and sit by the trees. I started to go and hike. And then what they told me and what I use and I continue to build this philosophy on is be like the tree. Like, come back to the part of you that knows that you're connected. Restore yourself past this. Be with me in nature. Like, it's okay. Like, you're going to come through this. This is just happening for you. It's okay. Trust the trees. Like, listen to the trees. Even the prayer song album that I made, most of them are things that the tree said to me and I turned into songs. Because that's what I needed to do to grow true. Because if I take in the frequency of what's going around me, because, you know, I'm empathic, too. I'm a cancer. I feel everything, yada, yada. (laughs) But if I don't keep this house sacred and clear and listen to what I want to hear, I can become contaminated as well, right? So the trees just restored my faith in everything. And then when I saw the way they could grow over stuff and how intelligent they were and what they would do, I was like, whoa, there's a much smarter class than college.
0: Yes. So nature yep.
1: became a place for me to learn.
0: Yep. Uh, I'm with you on the trees. I am most happy, most at home amongst the trees. And I, I just started learning to connect and speak to them, and like hear them. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I know it. it's true. It's real. Anybody can do it we just don't know to so thank you so much for all of your wisdom today really beautiful beautiful Um, I'm looking forward to listening to your album as well and hearing what
1: the trees sang through you thank you Maria and I'm grateful for the way the trees are guiding you and your connection to the earth is bringing such good sisters and people around you for this project I bless it with my heart and I hope it helps inspire people to grow to their truest selves oh
0: that's so kind of you thank you so much Madeline for being with us (laughs) It was so much fun having you with us today, and we'd love you to join us for classes, events, and retreats. You can connect with us on GaiaGoddessLifestyle.com to check out our free content and sign up for our newsletter.